Well, let's open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 32. Well, as we know, the Lord brought the children of Israel to Mount Sinai, and he made a covenant with them. And one of the things that he wanted to do with them was that he wanted them to, to uh, build the, the tabernacle so that the Lord could have a dwelling place among them. And let's go to the, the passage that says that over there in Exodus chapter 25. And, uh, and we'll get to 32 in just a minute. But in Exodus chapter 25, it says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. And then he lists the different materials that, that they're going to receive for the offering. In verse 8 he says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. That's a key statement. We're going to be coming back to that uh, in, over the next couple of lessons as we look at the crisis. But, but the Lord said that, that he wanted them to make a sanctuary so that the Lord could dwell among them. The Lord wanted to be present with them. And the purpose of this offering was to get the materials to build a sanctuary so that the Lord could come and dwell among them. Well, we, we've seen that in chapter 25 of Exodus all the way through chapter 31, the Lord gave detailed instructions to Moses for how to build this sanctuary, how to build this tabernacle, how to build this, this dwelling place of the Lord. And, and uh, uh, we've, we've seen that the... There's the building itself, the tabernacle itself, the furniture that's going to go inside it, the courtyard, and the, and the garments for the priests, and the offerings for their consecration. And we've, we've seen all of that, that the Lord is, is making it possible for, for them to have uh, his, his presence among them. But he told them that they were to build it according to the pattern that Moses saw in the mountain. So Moses actually saw the, the, re, the true tabernacle, and, and he, these were instructions to, to help them to build a replica of, of that true tabernacle. Well, after all these instructions were given, the Lord gave Moses the Ten Commandments on tables of stone. And that brings us to Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. Oh. <clears throat> so now we're about to take a look at chapter 32. We've seen in chapters 25 through 31 the instructions. Now we're going to see the crisis. The tabernacle was delayed. The tabernacle was delayed. There was, there was a problem that had to be dealt with before they could construct the tabernacle. And the delay was that Israel sinned, but Moses interceded and the covenant was restored. Well, let's bow for prayer and we'll take a look at this. Did, well, we already prayed, didn't we? I'm sorry, I feel a need for more prayer. <laughs> but I'll, I'll trust the Lord to answer the first one. <laughs> All right, Israel's sin is, is what's emphasized in chapter 32. In, and Moses intercedes for the children of Israel in chapter 32. But there's a special intercession in chapter 33. And then when we come to chapter 34, we see the covenant restored. This is the crisis that delayed the tabernacle. What delayed the building of the tabernacle so that the Lord could have a dwelling place among the children of Israel was that the people of Israel had a significant sin problem. And that had to be dealt with. And it's remarkable how it was dealt with by the intercession of Moses. And I'll, just, I'll go ahead and just state this up front. You know, the Lord gave Moses these instructions and we see this wonderful 
structure that's going to be built. Remember, we even went outside on the parking lot, right? We had the dimensions out there. We've, so we've sort of seen it in our mind's eye as to what it would have looked like. We've seen a few pictures of it. And the, the, uh, the, the, the beautiful garments of the priest and all of that. And yet, those, the, all those things were just a pattern. Those things were a picture. Those things were just a visual aid. It's remarkable that what we see here during this crisis is we see the real thing. We see Moses uh, as a priest interceding be, between the children of Israel and God to spare them from destruction. And we're actually going to see in, the, in, uh, in the, uh, chapter 33 that Moses actually goes into a tent and they call it the tabernacle, the, the tent, where Moses goes in by himself between him and God and Moses intercedes for the children of Israel. Just in the same way that, that the tabernacle is, is a picture of, of everything, Moses actually acts it out. So, so it's remarkable that there the Lord gave the people of Israel this visual aid about how to approach God. And, and here, the next thing they see is Moses actually doing the real intercession of an acceptable high priest before the children of Israel. And in that sense, Moses is a, is a picture of Christ. Because the people of Israel had a problem. God could not dwell among them because of their sin. And we're going we're to get into that in just a few minutes. But, in, in, and the Lord was going to completely destroy them because of their sin. But Moses stepped in to intercede for them and the Lord spared, spared their lives with Moses' first intercession. Actually, during this, um, during this uh, crisis, Moses intercedes for the children of Israel three times. One time he intercedes for them and he spares their lives. The second time he intercedes for them, he, he uh, um, restores the covenant with them. And then the third time, God promises that his presence will go with them. So there's, there's three big things there, three big results of the sin of the people of Israel. Is that one, they deserve to die. Two, they lost the privilege of God's presence. And three, um, that God was not going to fulfill his promise to them. You know, it was all going to be over because of their sin. But due to Moses' intercession, there was restoration. Restoration of their life, restoration of the presence of God, restoration of the promises of God. All because God accepted the intercession of Moses. That's a picture of Christ, isn't it? God has wonderful plans for us. God created us that we might fellowship with him and, and have, his, have his presence and be present with him throughout all eternity. But our sin causes us to be separated from God, causes us to lose that, that privilege. And, and Christ intercedes for us to restore spiritual life and to restore the, the, the presence and promise of God to us. Well, let's go ahead and, and take, a, take a little bit closer look. Israel's sin, chapter 32. Oh, the picture turned out okay, didn't it? Okay. Um, let's, let's take a look here at verses 1 through 6. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves unto Aaron and said unto him, Up! Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this, man, for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in your, the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. 
and he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So that was their sin. What, what would you say their sin was? It was idolatry, wasn't it? Now when the people of Israel entered into the covenant with God, remember the Lord brought them down to Mount Sinai. In chapter 19, the Lord said, If you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, you shall be unto me a peculiar treasure above all people, for all the earth is mine. You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And the people said, All that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. And then the Lord told Moses, In three days I'm going to come down and give you the covenant. And the, Lord, and, and the Lord came down three days later and there was thunder and lightnings and fire and the voice of God spoke and what was the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. And what was the second commandment? You shall not make unto you any graven image of anything that's in heaven and earth to bow down and worship them. So here we are. Moses has gone up on the mountain for 40 days to receive instructions for how to build the sanctuary for God. And the children of Israel go right at it and the first thing they do is break the first two commandments that they had agreed that they would that they would keep all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient so what we're seeing here is that they didn't have a heart to keep the covenant they were still influenced by their the idolatry of Egypt and and so here here they go and they're they're uh, worshiping the gods uh, uh, one of the gods of Egypt here, the, the golden calf. And, and uh, let, let's take a, a quick look at some of the details of it. They came to Aaron and said, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. We don't know what happened to this man Moses. Well, they knew what had happened to Moses, didn't they? But how quickly we forget, don't we? You know, we're cut from the same cloth that the children of Israel were. And we have the same problems. You know, it's difficult for us to remember what happened 40 days ago. The Lord may have done something very significant in our lives 40 days ago. And if we were called upon to remember it, we'd scratch our head and say, Well, yeah, I do. it seems like something happened, but I can't remember exactly what it was. We have the same kind of a problem the people of Israel do here when it comes to spiritual uh, spiritual issues. But notice how notice Aaron's willingness to participate in this. Why was Aaron so willing to participate? Well, we're going to come to that a little bit later. Hold on. Because Moses is going to confront Aaron and say, Why did you do this? And, and Aaron's going to, going to give the answer. But isn't it ironic? We've already seen that God planned that Aaron was going to be the priest. Aaron was going to be the great high priest. The one that was to be the representative between God and the people of Israel. And here we see this, the very man Aaron that's going to be the high priest is the very one that's making this calf and leading the children of Israel in idol worship. That's something else that shows us that the tabernacle is just a picture. Aaron was not a great high priest. Aaron was not without sin before God. Aaron was a sinner. All, all that he could do is just go through the motions of showing us what a real high priest is supposed to do. Because Aaron was was as weak and fallible as, as anyone. 
All right, so he took their he took their earrings, and of course the earrings were a symbol of their servitude to Egypt. One of the things that we saw whenever whenever the Lord gave the people of Israel their the judgments back there in, in beginning in chapter 21 was that if a man was willing to be a servant to someone for all of his life, he was supposed to go to the doorpost and they were going to take a, an awl and drive a hole through his ear. And of course, then what they would do is put an, put an earring in his ear. The, so the earrings were a symbol of servitude. But they, they took those and they, and they made them into a golden calf. Now notice that the Bible is really clear here. Aaron received them in verse 4, received them at, at their hand, fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, these be thy God. So Aaron himself is actually the one who made the, who made the golden calf that they, that they worshipped. And they made the altar. Let's take a quick look at, the, at, at their form of worship. They rose up early on the morrow. They offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Okay, so they came with, with, their, with their offerings. And then it says, the people sat down to eat and to drink, and they rose up to play. So they were having a party. They were having a party as they were worshiping the calf. Also, as we go a little bit further, we're going to jump ahead just a little bit. Uh, verse 18, whenever Moses came down from the mountain and, and he became aware of what was going on, he could, hear the, he could hear the worship going on. And in verse 18 it says, And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. All right, so they're, they're eating, they're drinking, they're, they're, they're singing. And, and then whenever we come down to, uh, to uh, actually look at verse 17. I'm sorry, I missed a, missed a point there. Verse 17. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. So Joshua heard something that sounded like war, and Moses listens a little more closely and said, no, that's not, the, that's not people that are winning a battle or losing a battle. That's the voice of singing. But it's interesting that their voice of singing sounded like war. It tells you something maybe about the, the nature of their, of their music or, or how badly they were singing. Anyway, verse, uh, verse 25. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto, unto their shame among their enemies. So, so the people of Israel, here they are, they've, they've, built, the, they've built the calf. They, they've come, they've made offerings to the calf, and now they're having a party, eating, drinking, clothes are off, singing, carrying on. Horrible. Horrible. And they had just 40 days before entered into a, a, a solemn promise that the Lord was going to be their God and they would worship only Him. Verse, verse 7. Verses 7 through 14. Let's see the, the Moses' first intercession. The Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. So the Lord's first response to, to the people of Israel's sin was, I'm going to wipe them out. 
I am finished with them. They are dead meat. And Moses, I want to take you and I will make a great nation out of you. And of course the idea is to make a nation out of you to fulfill my covenant and to fulfill my promises and my purposes. Alright, so the children of Israel at this point were as good as dead, weren't they? I mean, if the Lord says, stand back, I'm going to, I'm going to destroy them. There's nothing that anybody could do. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? You'll notice the, the emphasis. The Lord says, Behold, those people that you brought out of Egypt. And now whenever, the Lord's, whenever Moses is talking to the Lord, Moses says, uh, Lord, why doth thy whack, wrath wax hot against thy people which thou brought forth out of the land of Egypt? Verse 12. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out, and to slay them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath, and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidst unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, that they shall inherit it forever." You notice that Moses' intercession and Moses' pleading with the Lord was based upon, Lord, you made promises. Lord, you made promises. Keep your promises. And also, you'll notice that, that he's also appealing to God's glory. That, Lord, if you kill these people, it's going to... He didn't put it in these words, but basically the Egyptians are going to hear of it and, and they're going to come to the conclusion that you just weren't able to do what you claimed that you were going to do to bring the people of Israel out and to take them into the land. And so you destroyed them because you weren't able to do it. And, and so he appealed to two things that are very important to God. One is that God would be honored and the other is that God will keep his promises. You know, those are some important keys for us in our prayer life, isn't it? When we come before the Lord, we can come before the Lord appealing to him to do something that will be for his glory and appealing to him to do something that's a fulfillment of his promise. We can come before the Lord with his promises. Verse 14, And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Verse 15, Now Moses goes down and he gets to see face to face, firsthand, what God saw. Okay, so far Moses, is, Moses has just heard God telling him about it. The people have turned aside, they are worshiping a calf, etc., etc. And so Moses' natural compassion for his people goes out and he intercedes for the Lord. And, and the Lord hears and honors that. But now Moses is going to see for himself what the children of Israel are doing. And now we'll get to see Moses' confrontation of the children of Israel. In verse 15. And Moses turned and went down from the mount... And the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and the other, so on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. And he said, it's not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass, as soon as he was come nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf, 
and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the table out of his hands and brake them beneath the mount, or at the foot of the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? Uh, Aaron is responsible for his actions, isn't he? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me, and then I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. We know better, don't we? (laughs) When Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. Do you see what, what's happening here is that Moses has given these people an opportunity to repent. All of them were engaged in the worship. Even, even the, the head of the tribe of Levi at this point, Aaron. He was the one that actually made the calf. So the people of the tribe of Levi had been engaged in this as well. But when confronted, there were some people that, that realized, this is wrong. We have done the wrong thing. So Aaron said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his companion, uh, slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about three thousand men. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. So they they had to remove those people that were unrepentant in their worship of the calf. And and so they went in and they they executed the, the Lord's judgment there. But you'll notice that whenever Moses saw face to face what these people were doing, he wanted to destroy them. He had the same response. You know, sin always looks worse whenever we're seeing it up close and personal, doesn't it? And, uh, and that's what Moses saw. And Moses responded to, to show the execution of, of God's punishment. Well, that's as far as we're going to go uh, this evening. 